Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Oh, gosh, just inject it into my veins. Pump the nads. Oh, man. Like Does everybody get this feeling when football starts? Because I know this happened when the 49ers hit the bye. It had been eight games already. And so you're like, oh, it's it's halftime. Yeah. And you know, the season's Half- halfway yeah. over oh, already? Yeah. What? Like, there's not a lot in life that moves that fast. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you love it so much where two months later, you're like, slow down. We're having way too much fun. 272 games in the regular season of the National Football League. And I believe we are right we're, about at the halfway point. The halfway point. <laughs> Before we have more fun with Brian Balding or football-related, how about some basketball fun? You know what that sounder means. Be caller 5 right now for a pair of tickets to see the Jazz and the Warriors. November 25 at Chase Center. Here's the number to call. Please do not call our caller line. It won't work, and you won't win. Don't do it. 415-951-2386. 915-951-2386. One more time. 415-951-2386. Caller 5. Pair of tickets. Warriors Jazz. November 25 at Chase Center. But now, back to football and another beautiful 95-7 the game appearance for none other than the man they call Baldy here to break it down. Halfway through this season already, Baldy. What the hell? I know. It's cruising. Like the bus, you know, the train left the depot. Like either you're on the train or you're not, man. But, you know, it's going to be Thanksgiving. It's going to be the holidays. It's going to be, you know, playoff season before you know it. And, you know, I mean, for what we're going to talk about today, like it's about time the 49ers get on that train, you know, to the playoffs in January. And it really, you know, what we saw against the Rams was awesome. Little bye week, rest, recover, you know, a little get Debo out there. Let's see what this thing looks like against the Chargers this weekend. Well, we definitely want you to break that down, but I'm glad you brought up playoffs because here's the statement that I just made a short time ago, and we can do all of the cliches. Anything could happen. There could be injuries. Outside of all that junk, explain to me how the 49ers don't end up in the playoffs. Like, who outside of Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Vikings, whoever the hell wins the South, Seahawks, 49ers, like, who's going to crash that party? It shouldn't happen. I mean, it would be it would be the worst season the 49ers have ever had if they don't. I mean, it's just that clear. Because if you just look at it, you know, like I always think the the stars win games for you. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a star driven business. And so if you look at Trent Williams, you look at Kittle, you look at Debo, you look at McCaffrey, Boza, Warner. I mean, those are the highest paid players at those positions, almost across the board. 
Like, they're superstars in this industry, and they all kind of affect games. And so you put those guys out on the field every week, and not to mention, you know, what Hufanga is doing right now and getting Armstead back and blah, blah, blah. Like, this, this team should... They, they should make this run starting this weekend, and it shouldn't end until deep in January or February. And we're hoping February, Baldy, and I uh, would love to yeah. see you down there in Arizona at the Super Bowl for a live in-person <laughs> rendition of this very show. But Kyle Shanahan this week, he had a whole week to prepare offensively to have Debo and hopefully check is back soon and Christian McCaffrey. How does he employ all these different weapons now? Well, the big thing is they'll have plays for each guy and they'll have concepts for certain situations, whether it's red zone, third downs. The key, though, is to stay on the field, you know, and so you got to convert third downs. I mean, if you're three and out because of whatever penalty, uh, you know, drop pass, poor throw, whatever it is, like you can't ever get into your, your your playbook. You can't get into your game plan. And so the big thing is to get volume of plays, to put plays together, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten plays as often as you can. It's nice when you can score in one. You'll take that uh, every time you can do it. But the, the worst thing is, and what ha- will happen and can happen, is if you're, you know, you just have a bad series and you're three and out and you're punting it, and you, you don't get those balls to McCaffrey and uh, Debo, and you don't see those combinations. If they should be more difficult to defend. Uh, going forward here with all of those guys in a route in in some sort of concept, three by two, whatever it might be. So they should be more difficult to defend, which should allow them to complete more passes, make more plays, stay on the field longer. Uh, Baldy, I'd like to ask you about Jimmy Garoppolo um, because it's been five years of talking about this guy back and forth, and I I almost feel like uh, with this next nine-game stretch, he's still, after everything we've watched, He still has the opportunity to paint his own narrative. He's going to be a free agent. He's now surrounded by stars. So um, uh, how how do you think these next nine games affect the future of his career? Well, look, I mean, we saw what happened. I mean, this is like this whole season. Like, he's got a chance to be the biggest star. I mean, total redemption. He's out of the building. It's Trey Lance's team. It's, you know, the Trey area. It's all that stuff. And he's out there rehabbing an injury going, all right, I took a team to a Super Bowl. We went deep in the playoffs last year. He's heard everything. And then, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't get out of the building. And it just worked out. And so, really, it's, it's kind of like house money for him right now. Like, he's got a chance to, to really fuel this team to another run. And if he does fuel him to a run, it'd be hard not to bring him back. I mean, you know, like, nothing against Trey Lance, but you're talking about a guy that has played three games in the last three years. So, to me, this could be Jimmy's, it could be a long-term thing in San Francisco if he plays really, really well. And this is maybe as good a roster as he's ever been on. And so, if he does his job, like, he could have this job for a while. You know, they at some point, you could draft these guys with the third pick, give up all the picks that they did. doesn't ensure anything. I mean, just look at these past drafts of quarterbacks and see where they're at. Um, Justin Fields might turn out really good, but Darnold, Baker Mayfield, look at all these guys right now that are basically uh, backup quarterbacks at this point. And even looking at the Trey Lance draft where Justin Fields is looking better, Trevor Lawrence is starting to show some flaws, and 
you know, Zach Wilson's been a guy under real trouble, and Mac Jones lost his job temporarily to Zappi. Does that maybe kind of validate this move if potentially Kyle and John Lynch decide to make it? It certainly can. I mean, you look, I mean, you know, Matt Stafford goes to the Rams in his 12th year and wins the Super Bowl. And he was stuck in Detroit forever, and nobody knew that he could do that. Somebody believed in him. They put a great team around him, and he did his job, and they're Super Bowl champions. So I'm not saying, you know, I don't know if Jimmy has got the same talent that Matt Stafford does. I mean, he was the first pick of the draft. Nobody thinks that he has that kind of arm, but, you know, he, he does lead in other kind of ways. The players do believe in him, and he's having a good season statistically right now. And so, you know, and he had to come from shoulder surgery and no off season and kind of just on the outside and then all of a sudden being thrown back in um you know he said that he had a he needed some time to get sharp and so there's no more excuses right now this is a really good football team and he gets a chance to really kind of lead them right now it's 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 a great opportunity baldy is with us here on weather and dibs 95 7 the game okay baldy i think if, if we boil it down what everyone's excited to see it's it's debo and c-mac uh, on the field at the same time, maybe even in the backfield together. Uh, what's a defensive player thinking if, if they see that lineup? Well, who's going to get the ball? Who's the decoy? Who's getting the ball? I mean, that's the first thing. So you're sitting back there and, you know, you're going to probably have some sort of, I mean, they've always got some pre-snap motion going on. And so at the end, you know, wherever you're lined up, that's kind of what you're defending. But really, like, who's getting the ball? And how are they getting it? Is Is it... Is it a fake to, to McCaffrey and a give to Debo? Is it a pass? Is it play action off it? There, there's, a, there's multiple options when you put those guys on the field together or in the backfield together. And I could see situations where Juice, when he goes, comes back from this, you know, this hand injury, I could see where Juice is on the field with Debo and McCaffrey and some sort of full house backfield. And maybe some things that we haven't seen yet before. I, I, I'm anxious to see the creativity that they have by formation, by motions, um, by just personnel groupings. I'm anxious to see what we, we get to see the second half of the season right now. Yeah, we saw a lot of 13 personnel with Juice out in the last game and now with a full week. I wonder if we don't see that full house backfield, Baldy. A little old school triple option. Uh, I guess it's not a triple option if Jimmy G is the QB. There's not much of a threat for him to run. On the other side, this Sunday night, the Chargers, what do you make of where they are offensively with all their injuries but with a still elite quarterback? Well, the, the quarter, I just saw him last weekend in Atlanta, did the game. Uh, the quarterback... Uh, he's, he's their match protection, he's their run game, and he's their quarterback. He's everything. I mean, they throw more short passes than anybody in the league because they can't really run it. They're not very good. Him and the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the three worst teams in the league at running the football right now. They rely really on Herbert to drop back, extend plays. He's the least sacked quarterback in the league. It's almost impossible to get him to the ground. He just extends plays, and then he's... You know, he's just a sharpshooter. You know, he puts people right in the periscope, and I mean, he can put it right where he wants to put it. I mean, it's rare. But they're not, I don't think they're a very good team. They're not good defensively. Um, I, I just think the 49ers match up really well. I mean, what they did to the Rams in the second half, like, they're capable of doing that 
to the Chargers for four quarters and playing their best football. I, I haven't seen the Chargers take anything away. Now, maybe Joey Bose is back this week. I don't know exactly what's going on right there. He'll definitely make a difference. Uh, they've been playing without him for the last five or six weeks. Uh, Cleo Mack made the play of the game last week to win the game, stopped a touchdown by Drake London and stripped it and got him in a scoring position. But um, they, they're just a one-dimensional team. And I don't know if Keenan Allen's going or not going, but I mean, Really, Josh Palmer stepped up last week, made some good plays for him. But, you know, Mike Williams is still out. He's their deep threat. They're, they're pretty limited. And I would think that Nick Boza might have a pretty good time lining up against the right tackle for the Chargers this week. Uh, Baldy, you know, you, you talk about Herbert, and I know at the beginning of the year it was kind of like Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert. And then it sort of became just Allen and Mahomes. And, and even though, as you said, he's fantastic. Yes, they're five and three, but like the Browns have scored more points than them this year. Yeah. So he's great, but why aren't they better? Well, they, they you know, they lost their all pro left tackle, Rashawn Slater. Um, they've had injuries at center. They've had injuries at right tackle. They've got a rookie right guard. Their tight ends are not good blockers. None of them. So they have a hard time just running any kind of a strong side run. Um, they really don't have a backup running back to Austin Eckler. He scored, the guy scored 30 touchdowns now since the start of last year. <laughs> Nobody's even close to him. Like, Cooper Cup is the next closest guy with 22. Like, he's got eight more touchdowns than anybody else in the league since the start of last year. Like, he kind of does everything for him, but he can't do it all. You know, I mean, you know, he's, he's not the biggest guy, but he is, you know, one hell of a football player. So they just have flaws they're just a, like like everybody basically they're just a flawed team and herbert kind of rescues a lot of those flaws baldy great stuff we're really looking forward to this one we always look forward to our conversations with you thank you so much have a great day, guys. Enjoy it this weekend. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's fun. Absolutely. There it is. The great Brian Baldinger, of course, every single week right here on 95.7 The Game. Rich Ornberger is 15 minutes away, and Sean Salisbury is 45 minutes away as we keep diving into this. Now, just one thing Baldy said that I really want to highlight. This was, this was interesting. When we were talking and he was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and he says, you know, Jimmy's kind of playing with house money. I, I, I get that, except for one aspect of it. There's one thing here. Why, and this is why these next nine games are so interesting to me if you're Jimmy. I know everyone always, boy, if this doesn't go well, then on to Trey Lance. If it does go well, do we have a controversy? All of that. If you've got this around you and it doesn't go well, that's not house money. Doesn't the league look at Jimmy and go, if you can't get Trent Williams... Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Kyle Juszczyk. If you can't get that group to the playoffs, why the hell would we want you on our team? Yeah, I get that. Because we don't have that. Nobody has that. Pretty much, right. So why would anyone want Jimmy if he can't play well with this group? Yeah, I think that's a good point, and it depends on how it goes. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs for reasons outside of Jimmy Garoppolo's control, then you can look at it a little bit differently. But in general, we look at the quarterback and assign blame and give credit where credit maybe isn't due and where blame shouldn't be assigned. But that's what we do, not only us, but around the National Football League. That's the way it usually goes. So if all those pieces remain healthy and Jimmy Garoppolo remains healthy and you don't get this team in the playoffs, then yeah, you're right. 
to that extent. But I do think he's playing with house money to what Baldy was saying in that no matter what happens at the end of this year, he's going to have another destination to go to. Maybe it's as a backup. Probably not as a backup. Yeah. There are enough teams out there that have quarterbacks that don't have the track record of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if he plays well, he might have a chance to stay with the Niners. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we've heard that from more than just Baldy. No joke. Well, again, how do you do it? Like, this is the this is the nightmare that took place for Trey Lance. It's it is the double nightmare. And eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven is the number, by the way. And you can weigh on in and uh, any of the Jimmy scenarios that are out there. Rich Ornberger, former Patriot, former Charger, going to join us here in uh, a little bit less than than fifteen minutes um, to get drafted to be to be handed the job, and then to have Jimmy stay was already a nightmare enough. Then to break your ankle in the second game sets up a scenario um, where you're in real trouble because as we just detailed, the NFC is screaming at the 49ers right now. Hey! We're open. (laughs) Come on over to our playoff party. We're open for business. Here's your invitation. Here's the red carpet. Hell, We'll even get a little buggy and put you in the back, and we'll just drive you there. You might even get a home game. There's no traffic. None. Wide open. Metering lights are off. Right? It's Veterans Day for the 49ers and their trip to the playoffs. Lombard is wide open. Just drive straight. Don't hit anything along the way. And so what happens, I think, in the NFL, you get a quarterback that takes you. Like I get all of the different aspects of this. You get a quarterback that brings you to the playoffs three times. You're going to leave that for Captain Unknown over here? I, We're 49er watchers and fans, so we understand the whole journey that took place. But can you imagine if you removed all the names in the jerseys and just said, here's the scenario. You got person A, and he's brought you to the playoffs three times out of the last four years, okay, and went all the way to a Super Bowl, and who knows, maybe another one this year. That's person A. Person B over here has barely played any football for three years. Who are we giving the job to next year? Right. It's laughable if you don't understand the whole story that got us here, and that's the scenario I firmly believe we're looking at next March. It just depends on how this all goes, because if it goes to where Jimmy G wins six of the final nine games in the regular year, you win the division, and then you do what Jimmy tends to do, which is give you hope, advance, and fall short, and you lose in the conference championship game at Philadelphia. Jimmy G has a more typical game, 12 of 18, buck 38 with an interception. (laughs) At that point, you'd be hard-pressed not to turn the keys over to Trey Lance. Would you? I think so. Really? And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, the reason why they drafted Trey Lance was because they thought that Trey Lance could do more things for this team than Jimmy Garoppolo could, and they still don't know that. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm not going to give up on Trey Lance, which is what you'd be doing if you brought back Jimmy Garoppolo for another year. You'd basically be saying to Trey Lance, Essentially. we're giving up on you. We used all those picks to make you a glorified long-term backup, and basically you're Taysom Hill. We used three first-round picks to make you our Taysom Hill. We're going to run you in certain packages, but other than that, 
you are the backup. And I don't think that Kyle Shanahan sees Trey Lance in that way. And I still think that he looks at Jimmy Garoppolo and sees a quarterback that doesn't do everything that he wants a quarterback to do. No, it's true. I, like, I, get, I get it. I, I get it. I get why they moved on. I get why it's going to tick everybody off if he's the quarterback beyond this year. But I, I, I want to highlight that point again because it's a massive one. You understand now, you got somebody that takes you deep in the playoffs three out of four years. You're going to leave that for Captain Unknown and understand how awful of a scenario that is for Trey. Because then Trey starts next year for his fifth NFL start. And we're like, dude... It'll be great. I mean, you have got to be good right now or we're all going to lose our minds and scream at the organization for letting a good thing go out the door. Because even the scenario you painted, you painted a scenario where he has a very underwhelming game in the playoffs, but the scenario you painted had him going 6-3 and three down the stretch and winning a couple playoff games before that happens. So you're going to move on because... One interception against the Eagles in January made you think, well, yeah, let's go get the guy who's had four starts. Well, they already did that. I know. One overthrow of Emmanuel Sanders and and one failed game against the, the L.A. Rams. They've already done that. But they did that when he had one playoff run. This would be two more playoff runs later. Yeah, right. Right? They drafted Trey before these two. Like, if this goes where we think it's going... You had one playoff run when you made that move. Now you'd have three. Three in four years. That's very different. Playoff runs that fell short. Well, we don't know about this one. But in, in this scenario, we don't know this one. In, in this scenario, it would have fallen short with a loss against Philadelphia yeah. in the conference championship game. I get game. it. I get three it. conference championship games, one win, two losses, no Super Bowls, and a guy who you used all this draft capital to go out and get. I think anything short of a Super Bowl run, Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. I think that you think that, and I think a lot of us think that, and I don't think they think that. Well, it's not they, it's he. I think it all comes down to the he. Well, now, Jimmy Garoppolo, make no mistake, there is a Draymond Green thing going on there. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't want to leave Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel. So that he can do what? Go play for Washington and throw to Curtis Samuel? Go make five times the money that they're going to pay him here? Well, money's money, sure. And that's always going to resonate. I have no idea what the open market is going to hold for Garoppolo. We were way off on that this year. Shoulder injury, probably the number one reason why. But he's very because of that, he's very hard to assess financially, just like Draymond is. We've had thousands of conversations about, like, what would someone offer Draymond? If he opts out next year, what would someone be like, yep, we need, we need Draymond. We need some of that. We need a heartbeat. We need a screamer and a guy who can't shoot, but, man, <laughs> he knows how to yell at our teammates, and he's smart. Like, I don't know what that costs. There's no comp. Who's the other Draymond Green in the NBA? Give me another one. Oh, there's no one even close. Exactly. And I would actually say the same thing about Jimmy. Because there's no one else in the NFL who's a successful quarterback yet hated by his fan base. There isn't another one of those. I don't know if the fan base hates him. Okay, what's there's the word? There's a portion of the fan base that... Eye rolls. Yeah. Right? Is that more fair? I think the, other, the, the more fair way to assess it is a quarterback who 
gets this many victories while not being that good. Well, that's, in the eyes of, and this isn't just the local fan base. If you go to Mike Sandoz quarterback tiers, if you go to any any of the metrics, go to QBR on ESPN. You're right. He's a bottom half guy, yet his winning percentage is among the top three since he's been a starting quarterback. So it's more than just the fan base hates him, yet he wins. It's the metrics. It's the Some experts. Of them. Now, you, you just referenced the adjusted QBR. Um, if you go to regular quarterback rating, he's actually right toward the top of the heap right now. Well, I'm talking about the real quarterback rating. He's number six in the league on quarterback rating so right that now. That quarterback rating does not take into account the relative import of the play and what that play should normally uh, net. Uh, understand, understand. And the because way Jimmy that, Garoppolo quarterbacks, that, his quarterbacking style is very conducive to the old school quarterback rating where completion percentage and not turning the ball over is the most important thing. If you want to know about that quarterback rating stat, he's just ahead of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. See? He's better than those two. <laughs> clearly. I mean. Clearly. But if you, yeah, if you go to adjusted QBR, he's 22nd in the league, sandwiched right between Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. So, I get it. I understand. And that's... There's nothing more classically Jimmy than that. Right. One QBR says he's the best guy in the league. The other one's like, <laughs> you're the worst. And and, and that's exactly that's how Jimmy, the fan yeah, base. Exactly. There's nothing. So there's no comp here. So I don't know. I don't know. Who needs a QB next year? Give me the team. Who's going to be on the Las uh, on the Vegas surf? with Josh McDaniels. Yeah, that was quick. I knew, yeah, I knew Spadone <laughs> was going to come to the mic for that one. But yeah, there could be if a... If Josh McDaniels is even there. Who knows? Well, I don't think he's going to be one and done. But Man, yeah. the way this thing's going... Could it be if he the, loses to Jeff Saturday, then yes, he might be. Well, but. Jeff Saturday is an interesting name. The Indianapolis Colts could be another could, could be a team. The Texans could be a team. Um, do the Falcons like Ritter? I, I have no idea. It's a lot of the same people. New Orleans Saints are one of those teams going to be like my New God. England Patriots? Yeah. Maybe give me some Jimmy. I mean, my God, well, boy, we're going to hit the next level with that guy because he. Dragged eight Pro Bowlers to a nine and eight record, or but he's been to the NFC title game three times in the last four years. Exactly. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know. I have no clue what the market would be. It just depends on the fit yeah. and it depends on the system because you can't have Jimmy Garoppolo in a team that really wants to light it up. He's got to be in a game manager system like maybe Washington. Maybe. Uh, what's up next in the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Here's what's next on the game. Rich Ornberger, who is one of the funniest NFL analysts out there, a great foodie, a former Charger, a former Patriot, and a current radio host in San Diego where they still yell about the San Diego Chargers even though they're not there anymore. Oh, and, uh, and by the way, uh, he can weigh in on the Jason Verrett thing as well. So that's all coming up next on Willard and Dibs. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. No, you take it away, Steph. You go beat the Cavs tonight on 95.7 The Gap. What kind of a game is this tonight? It's not a must. Gotta man. have it. Is it a gotta have it? No, it's an November. Inject, it's an injected into my veins game because it's Friday night. I feel like we have been woefully short on sports this week. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm just like, wait a minute. We had that Monday night game, and then what do we get? Uh, Thursday night football last night. Exactly. 
Like, what have we had? We had Maction on Tuesday. Okay, keep going. College hoops. Uh-huh. I'm giving you locks. I'm 4-0. I'm Thanks. on a heater. Appreciate it. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. No, for, for you're real. welcome. Yeah, but, like, on the real, from Monday night till now, what on earth? No Warrior games. One NFL game between the Panthers and the Falcons. It's a big game. Both teams ended the game with five in their point total. <laughs> okay? Like, it's been weak. There's been a weak week. So, week, week, week. That the fact that the 49ers and Chargers are on Sunday night football, ba, 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 da, da, ba, oh, that's so it. big. And then the Warriors twice this week, starting with the Cavaliers tonight. Um, I'm, I'm juiced. I'm juiced. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely ready to go. Um, like our next guest, good friend of ours. His name is Rich Ornberger. He used to play for the Chargers. He used to play for the Patriots. And once upon a time, he used to interview Jay Fiva. Jason Verrett all the dang time. Rich, good morning. Can you believe it? A torn Achilles in practice on Wednesday for Jason Verrett. I just, I don't know what to say about this guy's career. I know what to say. You know, it's just such an unfortunate confluence of events that have led to him, you know, not ever reaching his full potential. Because if there's a list of players where if they would have stayed healthy, could have potentially had a Hall of Fame career, and I mean that, Jason Barrett's on a short list because Jason Barrett is that type of talent. When I was signed as a free agent for the Chargers back in 2013, that was the year he was drafted in the first round. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was Tom Telesco's first ever first-round draft pick. Um, And so, first-ever pick. And so I got to watch this guy who was already nursing a shoulder injury that offseason keep up with some of the best receivers we had on that team and shut people down. And I'm like, oh, boy, like when he figures out football at this level at all, he's going to be an astounding piece of the puzzle. And the unfortunate reality is the shoulder injury turned into lower body injuries, which turned into more lower body injuries. He's just never been able to put together a healthy career, and I feel sorry for him. But your availability is your best ability in the NFL. It's a war of attrition, and he just has not been available. What was his big separation skill, Rich? Was it his speed, his ability to cover, his ability to hit, all of the above? What was it about Jason Ferret? Well, he was a willing hitter out of college because I remember even like after watching him a couple of times, like I was like, what did he do in college? Like, you know, I just sort of felt like I missed I missed it, you know, because like you know, you, you think about a guy or a team, you know, like the Horn Frogs, TCU was pretty good that season. Um, and then, you know, he joined the squad. I was like, you know, everybody pays attention to the offensive side of football, you know, kind of when as a passer buyer. But when you turn on the film, like he was doing the same stuff to college receivers as he was at the NFL level, at least, you know, during that, that the practice times and then the short times that he was available on the field for the Chargers. Like, he was just sticky, man. Like it was almost like he could anticipate a receiver's, you know, timing and and breaks out of the top of their their routes. And he very rarely was fooled. Like you know, there are a lot of corners who are supremely talented, but you know, if you pump fake them, you know, and you, you double move them, you could get them biting hard. Like he was just so patient, and he was a fluid mover, and that secondary you have to have like really loose hips like where 
you can flip him on in an instant and go from backpedaling into a full speed run. And he just was able to do that. Like, like really no one I'd, I'd really seen play the position outside of like the few elite. He's that good. He is that good gentleman. And he just unfortunately has never been able to stay healthy. Rich Ornberger with us uh, in San Diego, handling radio things down there. Also former Charger, former Patriot. Rich, uh, when the Chargers left San Diego, I, I look. We still call them San Diego Chargers up here because I like that. That's just it. I'm not. I'm not switching. But uh, you and I were together doing a show, uh, literally when when they left, and so I know what it used to be like. How has San Diego's relationship with the Chargers evolved since then? Well, there are some people who still, you know, the candle burns bright for the Chargers, and so they'll never quit on them. And then there's a lot of people who jumped off the bandwagon, like, okay, as soon as they moved, I was done. And then there's a lot of people who were in, you know, they're, they're still watching, they're still a part of it because, you know, Philip Rivers is still there, and a lot of the same faces that played down here in San Diego were there. But over time, like, you just sort of lose the scent, I guess, is the best way to describe it because the preseason isn't as important as the years go by. And the NFL draft doesn't excite you quite the way it used to. So it's it sort of, it's fizzling is the way I would describe it. Like the, the fan patronage in all things Chargers in San Diego has sort of fizzled. And so now you have what the Los Angeles market used to be in San Diego. You have a pretty transient market of a lot of people from a lot of different places. It's a hugely successful market for NFL football. It's still very much a football city. But now, yeah, do the Chargers rate? Yes, yeah, certainly, and they rate well. Uh, are they broadcast every single weekend? Absolutely, because, you know, they do rate well. But all NFL teams rate well here in this market because it's an NFL city. So, yeah, it's sort of morphed into what Los Angeles used to be from that standpoint. Are there Charger bars and Charger viewing parties, or is it more just kind of pockets of, of diehards and more of just a casual spread-out fan base? There's still Charger bars. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I know, you know, certain bars kind of almost reluctantly so because, you know, these business owners for a long time, they were a part of it too, you know, maybe season ticket holders and, you know, heartbroken over the Chargers leaving. But you don't want to turn your back on that business because it's still good business. So it's not advertised quite the way it was when the chargers were still a part of the San Diego market. You know, you're not having people really broadcast the fact that, you know, Hey, you know, it's chargers weekend ho- over here at, you know, the, the pizza shop or, you know, the water and hole. It's, it's just not how it is anymore, but there are still pockets and places that you could go to and, you know, people wear their jerseys, and, you know, the, the Philip Rivers jerseys are starting to get older. You know, you're starting to see cracks in those numbers. <laughs> the R is falling off. Or the junior say out, like, you know, you, you're missing a whole five on the front. But, but they still come out to support the team because, again, a lot of people can't quit them. All right, Rich, I want to uh, hear some things about Justin Herbert. But before we do that, let's, let's go to the quarterback on the 49ers side and get your thoughts on what's uh, on the table here for Jimmy Garoppolo. Seemingly a Pro Bowl offense around him, a 4-4 four and four record, an NFC that's probably going to let him into the playoffs seemingly no matter what the hell they do. If you're the 49ers, um, how do you handle the future of Jimmy Garoppolo in the quarterback position? Uh, man, if I had that answer, right, I would be uh, I'd be calling the shots in there at the office with John Lynch. I'll I'll say this. I mean, 
they may have missed on Trey Lance, right? You know, and so that puts you into a very similar situation as the Green Bay Packers, except maybe worse off because the, the quarterback who's, you know, there in incumbency isn't as talented as Aaron Rodgers. He may have a better attitude than Aaron Rodgers, but he is an Aaron Rodgers. So it makes it makes that, that situation for the 49ers pretty tricky. You know, Trey Lance took a while to incubate and then, you know, within the first couple of snaps being a starter, injures himself so completely that who knows how he's going to look coming back from that injury and who knows if he was really ready to take over the squad in the first place. So you're punting on that one. But then in the interim, you know, do you try to do what, say, the Denver Broncos did this offseason and you, you try to trade, leverage your future for an aging superstar at the position? You know, are you, are you going to go into this draft, which is heavy with quarterbacks, and maybe do the same thing you did to get Trey Lance and trade some future draft capital to get one of these highly touted quarterbacks coming out this year? The answer is I really don't know what the future holds for the 49ers, but in the short term, I can tell you this, Jimmy G's a winner. He just seems to know how to stabilize uh, a franchise, and he's shown that with the 49ers over his tenure. So could I see the 49ers make another deep postseason run with Jimmy G at the helm? Absolutely, because that's a real defense, and that is a devastatingly loaded offense. Yeah, and it's, it would be fun to see what Trey Lance could do with this offense, but we won't have that opportunity this year. And next year will be fascinating to see just what they do. Justin Herbert was supposed to be the thing this year, and then he got hurt, and the offense has been hurt around him. What do you make of what he's been able to do this year with the bum ribs and a dilapidated offense? I think Justin Herbert has saved Brandon Staley's job. Like, you know, when you really think about some of the close calls they've had with some of the bad decision-making that Brandon Staley has been responsible for, I think the fact that you have an elite-level quarterback like Justin Herbert handling things offensively for you and getting you wins in tight games, because, I mean, if you just look at some of his fourth-quarter throws, like his ability to be clutch, he's an astounding talent. And if they don't make it to the postseason this year, especially with... I mean, really, honestly, they're winning in spite of the injuries. You could make the argument, well, you know, this isn't a very good football team, and they have a lot of injuries, but they're finding ways to win close games. So you give them that notch in their belt. But, it, it, I mean, it's, it's possible that they miss the postseason because those chickens come home to roost. And if they do, people are going to go ahead and rehash on some of the decisions that Brandon Staley has made throughout the season so far. And, you know, honestly, it's a trend now, so you figure that's going to continue. And then also, you look at them being, you know, consequentially slow starters. It hasn't bit them yet, but I saw this incredible stat. Through the past four consecutive games, they've trailed by 10 or more points and found ways to win three of those. It is, it is crazy that they've, they've been able to lead comebacks and take the lead in all four of those games. Now, they lost one, like I said, but... It, it's it, slow starting teams, bad finishing teams, or teams with a head coach who makes poor decisions in clutch uh, spots. They get flagged as a team that may be shopping a head coach. So it, Justin Herbert, in my mind, is an otherworldly talent. And it's potential here that, as we saw last year with the failed playoff run, that Brandon Staley is actually holding him back from being as great of a quarterback as he potentially could be. Uh, hey, Rich, great stuff as always. Hey, listen, do, does your partner still hate the Warriors as much as he used to? 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. Think so. Okay, yeah. yeah. Steve Hartman is 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 Rich's partner and Steve uh thinks that uh Steve Curry's smug. Uh he and he thinks that Steph Curry is overrated and that the Warriors as a whole are, are nauseating. That's am I is that about accurate? No, no, you pretty much nailed it. Okay. Yeah, it, so so Steve and I, our relationship, I mean, when it comes to many talking points, we disagree. And that would be one of them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so tell them we said hey. <laughs> Will do. Yeah, right. And tell them, you know, other than this year, we say scoreboard, uh, you know, last year anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, and the Lakers are 2-9, and nine, right? Do I have that right, too? Yeah, the Lakers are, are terrible. Yeah. Ron's nursing the sore groin. And, and to, to the point you were just making, the Warriors, I mean, the accomplishments over the last bunch of seasons by that franchise, I mean, how, I, how anybody could look at this situation and be like, yeah, but the head coach is kind of a jerk. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, you used to play for the Patriots. You know exactly what this dynamic is like. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Belichick, I mean, if the, if the worst thing you could say about him is, you know what, he's rude to the media. So be it. So be it. <laughs> Six championships, and then tell me how that works. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, hey, buddy, um, thanks so much as always. You got it, boys. Thanks, uh, Rich. We'll All right, there you go. That's Rich Ornberger, San Diego's finest on the radio, also a former Charger, a former Patriot. It's fascinating, this Herbert guy, man. It is fascinating. Remember when Mike Martz came on the show a few weeks ago? We're like, you, we'll give you any quarterback in the NFL. Who do you want? Well, I'll take Herbert. I'm like, Really? Wow. Justin Herbert. No Mahomes. No Allen. I want Justin Herbert. And you hear what Rich said. He saved Brandon Staley's job. Don't forget what Mike Silver said to us. I mean, this guy, I'm just trying to, and I, man, I can't wait to really see every play this weekend against one of the best defenses right. the NFL has to offer. Because this guy, yeah, they're 5-3, and three, but he is so good. And if you ask guys on the inside, he's even better than we think he is. But it just hasn't, uh, it hasn't materialized into a team looking like we all think they should look. They don't have the weapons. They've had injuries. And he, by sure. the way, has also had injuries. The poor guy is barely holding on for dear life with the broken ribs. And you lose your two top wide receivers. You have a bad offensive line. You can't run the football. And it's, hey, go ahead and go out there, Justin, and do everything for us. And he's done great, but they should be better than 5-4, and four, but then they also should be worse than 5-4. and four. We yeah. talked about this earlier in the week. They're a classic team of I can't believe you won that game. I can't believe you lost that game. Sometimes within the same week. Well, and, and you know, he's talking about whether or not this team ends up making the playoffs. I mean, uh, they sit in decent position right now. They're a game behind the Chiefs. The Chiefs are 6-2. and two, The Chargers are 5-3. and three. We know that the Broncos and Raiders have been disappointing. But the AFC South is probably going to be a one-playoff uh, division, one-playoff team division. Right now, that stands to be the Titans. Uh, but then you've got the AFC East where everyone's got a winning record and you got two teams in the North. So the wild card race in the AFC, way more competitive. Yeah. Um, and this is a comeuppance game for both of these teams. 49ers, you could talk about a second half run all you want. If you're a touchdown favorite at home, 
You better start that dang thing this weekend. You're coming off a bye. You're as healthy as you've ever been. You've got Christian McCaffrey and Debo on the field. You're a touchdown favorite at home. There is no wiggling out of this one this weekend. And then for the Chargers, it's like you got a negative point differential, but somehow you're five and three. Right. So now let's see you do it against a really good defense. If they do, then it's like, okay, you're validated. But this is the type of game that could make the Chargers look really bad, where it's like, ah, your record is fake. Look what happened when you against a, went against a real team. But right now, if the playoffs were to start uh, this weekend, the Chargers are in. They're, They're in. the seventh seed yep. right now at, yep. at five and three. And the 49ers, I believe... Are the 49ers out? No, the, no, the 49ers are in. would be seven the 7th seed. They would also well be the 7th seed. At 4-4. Four and four. So it's an interesting one come Monday about the narrative coming out of this game. It's either, I can't believe the 49ers gave that one up at home. Forget talk about a run. This team is a disaster. Or for the Niners, it's, okay, good win at home. This team is humming. You got a lot of offensive weapons, and you handled your business. And on the other side, like you said, the Chargers win. It's like, man, look at this Charger team. Right. Negative point differential, and they found a way to get it done. But even if the Chargers lose, I think that's the least damning of the narratives come Monday because they're not supposed to win this game. And right. with a loss, they're still very much in the thick of it in the AFC. No, no, no. They, they definitely are. But I, I, I want to know how this, this Justin Herbert-led offense. I know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't healthy. Right. I, I get it. But... We're not doing that for quarterbacks. We've never done that for quarterbacks who are supposedly top five, top six players. Tom Brady spent his whole career without great receivers. Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams, um, but but uh, there were a number of years in his career where it's like, you know, you watch the Donald Drivers and the Greg Jennings of the world uh, go to different places, and it's like, oh, they don't they don't look the same anymore. Great quarterbacks make great receivers. So I know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out, but if you're Justin Herbert, make it work. And so some of the wins that they have had, I think, are a little bit of a red flag. When you go to play the Atlanta Falcons and you just get to 20 with a buzzer-beating field goal, okay, when you take on the Denver Broncos and you only get to 19 in overtime, I know the 49ers only scored 10. Lost 11-10, I get it, but we all agree, different 49er team now than what they were going through at that time. There are a number of games, and and what really stands out, and, and maybe they could claim they were a different team at this time, but this is a team that hosted Jacksonville and lost by 28 points. This Los Angeles Chargers team. They got beat by four touchdowns against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I can't really figure it out. You look at the teams they've beaten. They've beaten the Raiders. They've beaten the Texans. They've beaten the Browns. They've beaten the Broncos. And they've beaten the Falcons. So go ahead and line it up. Have they beat a good team? No. Have the 49ers beat a good team? Well, they beat the Seahawks. They beat Seattle. Yeah. And they beat the Rams twice. And I won't count the Rams. They're not going to count the Rams. No. You lost to Atlanta, and the Chargers beat Atlanta. Yes. Yeah, so. well, and, right. And it, look, there's I mean, context on all of this. Yeah, across the board. There's this, context this on NFL all of this for both these teams. Proposition, if you look at bad losses, 
What's the worst loss between the Chargers and the Niners? Is it the Chargers, it's the Chargers lost to Chargers losing thirty-eight to ten, or is it the Niners losing to to Denver, Denver 11 or to Chicago? 10, or no. Chicago, because Denver Denver is a different team than we thought Denver was going to be. Denver's that, that, gross. That Denver loss might be the worst loss among the I, two. I, I, I'd agree with you if they had lost to Jacksonville seventeen to ten. They lost thirty-eight to ten. 38 to Niners 10. Niners lost 11 to 10. Right, I'd rather lose 11 to 10. It's a one-point game. Yeah, but the that, Jags? Game was, that game was highly winnable. The Jags came in and punched them in the mouth. And I, I think that's the yeah. game where Herbert got hurt. Uh, well, no, he got hurt the week before. Okay. He played. It, it was a game-time decision, and he played. And so was he compromised? Sure. But how does that explain the defense giving up 38 that's true. to Trevor Lawrence? Um, and, and and the Jaguars. So, look, you're not wrong. Both of these teams have had plenty of moments in their first eight games where they have looked disappointing. And they're very similar in that I think both of the teams, if you look at each conference and go, give me the team that's got some offensive juice on paper that just eh, hasn't, hasn't, done it. hasn't quite actualized yet. It's these two teams. Right. It's these two teams. You got Justin Herbert on one end, and you are struggling uh, to to win games nineteen to sixteen. And then the Forty ers have what I think on paper is quite frankly, if you remove the quarterback, I think it's the best roster in all of football. But they just got that roster, and the last time well, we saw this roster, the Christian they didn't have part, Debo, yeah, the Christian part. But they before have a great the Christian part, that. I don't think. I mean, not when you're talking about a running back situation where you had Jeff Wilson Jr. and and not much else, and you didn't have Trent Williams, but I. I think now you're right. You look at this Niner offense now, this roster now, it's it might be the most skill position talented roster in football. Yeah, no doubt. So Sean Salisbury is going to join us here in a few. And I do believe for both of these teams, like if one of them really runs away from the other, this could be sort of a send you in a problematic road, uh, no matter which team you are. But if one of them looks really, really impressive, that's kind of the prove it moment that both of these teams uh, are, are looking for. You can come out and see the Red and Gold pregame show with our own Larry Kruger and Lo Neal live from the Hilton Santa Clara starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Okay, we're getting out there early. We'll be there all day counting down to bop, bop, ba da da bop. <laughs> nice. Pregame show presented by Harris Ranch Beef, legendary beef, legendary quality, oh, and Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey. Taste the world's number one bourbon. And uh, take a little taste on the, the conversation that we're going to have with Sean Salisbury. That is coming up next. Then much more of your phone calls. A little bit of a development with the San Francisco Giants as well that we want to pass along. 888-957-9570. It is Willard and Dems on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.